Hello, hello, good afternoon. Hello, I'm back again on another episode of A Pair Is Here. Um, thank you for being such a faithful um, audience out there, especially on this cold winter snowy afternoon. I know many people probably on the road trying to get home and some people are already probably home, but wherever you are, I just want to say be safe and stay warm. So in the last episode, I promised I would speak on the topic of barriers and triggers. Um, so we're going to start off by just um, defining. I like to, before I, I, ta- um, I address a topic, I defined the topic. And here um, this afternoon, I have a, um, an article um, presented on Sh- um, She Knows by Kathleen Flynn. She Knows in a, is an American digital media company focused in creating content matters. So um, here I'm going to present just what um, trigger can do to your body. What happened in your, ba- um, in your body when you have a trigger? It says most of us are all too familiar with the physical feelings that accompany stressful or frightening situations. A racing heart, trouble breathing, and upset stomach are just a few examples. But we don't have to actually be in the thick of one of these situations to experience physical symptoms. Being confronted with a trigger can be enough to set off a physical reaction. And here we're going to define what is exactly a trigger. And in today's world, you can find different definitions for um, words. You can find it on Google, the dictionary or other professional um, people. Here we have um, Dr. Michael Genovese, a chief medical officer of um, Acadia Healthcare. She defines trigger as anything that causes your brain to believe your body is experiencing a threat, even if you are perfectly safe. He goes on to explain that this occurs because you have encountered something unusually sensory that reminds you of a particular negative event in your past. Also, the dictionary um, defined um, a trigger as an event or situation that could activate or set off a reaction. Another, um, I don't want to confuse it with with too much definitions, but it also could be a stimulus such as a person, a place, a situation, or a thing that contributes to an unwanted emotional or behavioral response. So um, while I was um, in training, um, they taught us, the instructors taught us that anything could be a trigger. For instance, some people who are in custodian for a, a, long, a long while, when they, when they come out and um, simple things like a door slamming behind them or, or shuffling of a keys and anything could trigger that individual reminding them of what had, had took place or even certain conversation 
you know some people are triggers as well so um what we what we what people always do um is when they have a trigger in their life is to try to um avoid it here if you're experienced a trauma according to dr ami the Mar is a licensed clinic clinical um, psychologist says encountering a trigger can cause your body to go into flight or fight or flight mode as though you're experiencing the trauma right now instead of the past so if you are ever felt frozen frozen or as though you can think clearly with your trigger you have got plenty of company the Ramos tells, tells she knows that brain activity is impacted when something sensor reminds you of, of a trauma. What, what being triggered does to your body? And here, um, you know, this has enlightened me because before when I have my, uh, my triggers, I never know how, how much it affects my physical body or damage it. But with this information this afternoon, would help all of us to understand what triggers does to our physical body. So it's not only the brain function, but it's also our physical body. It says because your brain thinks you're experiencing an immediate threat, Genovese explains that your body reacts accordingly. He says symptoms vary by individual, but some of the most common physical responses to triggers are heightened sense, an evaluated heart rate, and quickened pace of breath, which I, I experienced before, as I, I mentioned in um, one of my episodes. In some cases, your short-term memory is affected because of the brain the brain ceases functioning as it normally would would he says and um short-term memory or brain fog i would call it a brain fog um which kind of clouded your mind preventing you from focus and you know and think properly or even to behave it act on some people behavior so um these are some of the things that happen with or without PTSD, we all have stress triggers that can send our nervous system into fight or flight in an instant. Dr. Amy Serene, neuropsychologist, founder of Serene Center and author of the upcoming book, The Stress Switch, tells that she shows, in fact, our bodies are going in and out of this in a milder form all day long. Oh no, or what if thoughts can turn your stress, switch, your stress switch on and have your heart racing or your stomach tightening up? I don't know if anyone else have experienced these things, but I, I experience it whenever I have like a panic attack or a stress or stressful day or experiencing a trauma. Um, it affects my digestive system my stomach very upset and um you know just uh, just stomach upset you don't feeling to eat you, even if you eat you know your food doesn't digest well and these are some of the experiences i myself have as again everybody um 
symptoms and experiences are different. For individuals with PTSD, triggers are often everywhere and it can impact a person's ability to function if they don't seek treatment. Dr. Mary Marina Strongin, clinical psychologist and founder of Strongin Therapy, a private practice in Manhattan, treated many 9-11 survivors for PTSD in the aftermath of in the aftermath of the terrorist attack stranding tells the she shows that when a person is traumatized it can change your sense of the world this is why people with ptsd are triggered by mundane events and again these things are um are very my experience of trauma um comes when i have my 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 second child um, it was a shock to my body. Um, I didn't know how to embrace it. So it, it, it was just a new thing to my body and it shocked my body and sent it into a traumatizing situation which caused uh, my stress. After 9-11, patients were super triggered by smell of any smoke, sound of any siren, sudden movement of any kind and even the sight of tall buildings she says because avoidance is one of the main symptoms of PTSD Strongins treated these patients with slow gradual exposure to to feared response I will say it again for emphasis sake Strongin strengthened these patients with slow gradual exposure to feared response which helps teach the body that it's no longer in danger. So it is getting the individual to slowly face his or her fears. Oftentimes when we fear stuff, we try to avoid them, you know, and but some some of these things we just can't avoid. You know, you just can't avoid some of these things. You have to literally face it like going on a, a bumper car or a roller coaster. That's not necessary for life. I mean, you don't have to do it if you don't want to. But other things like, you know, detrimental to your health that you fear, maybe a surgery or whatever that you have to face, you have to face it. There's no way around it. So what this doctor does, he use um, a feared response, you know, to slowly get people into um, accepting what is. She applies these concepts with, with her patients who have been traumatized by other life events. As an example, Strongin explains that one of her patients got a divorce after her husband was unfaithful. Although she is currently in a strong, happy marriage, Strongin explains that the patient is triggered when her husband's tone changes. He's, he's late from work or he's in a bad mood. These symptoms are treated by working to change a patient's thinking about these events so that she's no longer triggered or these everyday aspects of marriage. We all have different triggers, whether they are the result of a trauma or a negative association with a certain place, person, or event. If triggers frequently affect your life, a therapist can help you address them and from coping mechanism that will allow you to feel both emotionally and physically 
healthier. And if we practice these things, you know, it will help us to get back on the road of recovery. You know, as a peer intern, I um, I intern in the um, the pros department, and pros, which P R O S stands for personally recovery oriented oriented service, which helps what we what we do as peers is um, to help to help the um, the consumer identify the barriers or things that get in the way of their their um their life goals. We also as um, help them to work with work with their families or friends in support system um, that they are like to develop a plan of service or treatment that will help you to overcome identified barriers. So this is where we comes in as a, a peer. You know, we are always there to support and to you know to direct them to um, where they can get better help or services. So once the consumer um, identified a plan, us as peers can help them to um, to reach their full goal and to extend um, and develop skills, abilities, and confidence that they need to reach their goals. And, and this is what we, we do basically because these people, um, Whatsoever situation or circumstances um, that they were dealing with in their life. Now they find themselves in this program that can help them to the road to recovery. Whether they want to go back to college, whether they want to go to school, they want to get a job, maybe want to have a family. You know, all these things will help them to overcome um, the triggers. And, and, you know, speaking on trigger and... and, and triggers you know it's like a train action in the mental health one thing leads to the next because um sometimes triggers could also be a barrier you know triggers could also sometimes be a barrier a barrier is that anything that get in the way of our life goals and um it doesn't have to be in the mental health every human being have a personal goal that they want to reach in life and um it could be anything from you know fear anxiety uh, you know confusion anything can avoid us from getting where we want to be in our life so what are barriers there can be many barriers to living in the life we want Perhaps the most obvious barriers are money, opportunities, and perhaps um, prejudice. You know, for for me, is money. There's many things that I would like to do in my life, but um, I don't have the, the 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 finance to do it at this time. However, having ideas is great because you can work on your ideas. You know. And in the meantime, you're working on your ideas, um, you know, money or whatsoever barriers it can, you know, can overcome. However, the barriers that um, that we offer can help you with help you to have much with the way we feel about or to help you feel about how you feel about your um, yourself, the way we feel about and deal with the people in our lives, the way we handle challenges in our lives. Some examples of those barriers could also be racing thoughts, voices, distrust, and many others. 
Some of these feelings or barriers might be put into words like these statements. You know, so people who are experiencing these kind of barriers of fear, anxiety, anger, confusion, racing thoughts, voices, distrust, you know, they, they can put them in statements like, I can't work. I have tried. It's too stressful. People are sabotaging my efforts. I'm waiting for the right time. I have so many ideas and plans. I just have trouble getting started. Life is too difficult and confusing. People don't understand me. People don't seem to like me. They are really frustrating and unhurtful. The thoughts and voices in my head tell me bad things. I just don't seem to get along with people. I'm best off left alone. I can't do anything else. It's safer here in the mental health system. I'm trying to get help, but nothing seems to work out right. The mental health system is the problem. These are real statements made by real people, and if any of them ring true for you, know you are not alone. You do not have to face these kinds of problems by yourself. More than that, you can get help to overcome these kinds of fears and barriers. And as I said, um, I'm interning in a prose department. And what happened is we have discussions about um, these same topics. And uh, most of the clients are struggling with fear. You know, prose should be like a school. And you, you go there for a certain amount of time and graduate from there. But most of them are afraid to... To leave the program thinking that they will mess up and the only way you can get over that is to confront your fears and sometimes sit in your um, discomfort believing in yourself have confidence in yourself you know change your thought process you know change your thought process and, and think positive and start thinking that I can do it I can do it you know so I hope this afternoon that my um my words of encouragement and, and informational thoughts can help be of help to someone out there who may be afraid to see a psychiatrist or may be afraid even to see a therapy or even to tell someone what they are going through. Um, I'm very um, proud of this movement because um, it can save lives. You know, uh, uh, mental illness is, um, doesn't have to be hopeful. There's recovery. And I'm a living testimony to that. There's recovery. So these programs, what it does, it helps people to recognize that there's help out there for them. And they don't have to take their lives. They don't have to take their lives or to always down in the gutter and feel like, you know, they can't get up. You know, it all depends on us and what we want for ourselves in life. You know, if we want a family... We can't be depressed all our life and expect to get a family. We have to work on the things that is keeping us back, like the barriers. So um, I hope this afternoon it, mean, it, it means a blessing to us. You know, even myself sharing, I feel so privileged, you know, and I'm grateful. I'm truly grateful of, of you know, sharing these things this afternoon that we all can, you know, be strong, remain strong and true to ourselves and even to others. As I promised in um, in the previous episode, um, to get a co-host, 
and I'll, I'll also try to get someone on the program who can share more on the um, peer move advocacy movement because we are all about um, advocating for people who cannot um, voice their opinions on their own and I wish that it, it won't be long before I get um, that individual I'm working on it so um, you know thank you for continuing to listening to my my podcast episode and I'm looking forward to share many more topics and coming up so stay tuned and thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the afternoon this is Sonia Daly saying goodbye for now yes just to um just a few tips a few tips to deal with the triggers and the first tip is to avoid any situation avoid any situation or circumstances you know or lifestyle changes relationships or or daily routine that could be um a trigger avoid the situation secondly create a strategy you know creating a strategy deals with your triggers head on just in case your strategy might not include coping skills a list of trusted people you can talk to or you know referred to phrases to help you get out of um, troublesome situations the last the third and last one is don't wait until the the heat of the moment to test your coping strategy practice it now so um you know don't wait until you're 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 deep in the situation where you're you you start to feeling helpless you know practice these things as you go through life or in your everyday life so when you really face a um a situation you're able to deal with it head on okay and thank you for um giving me this little time to share um tips for dealing with triggers